the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In the kingdom of the world, you want to be great? Serve yourself. In the kingdom of the world, your greatness is measured by how many people serve you. How many people work for you. How many people call you sir or ma'am. Jesus also said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. But if you attempt to exalt yourself, God will humble you. As Christians, one common flaw in our hearts is a lack of humility. Sometimes we can judge non-believers and be overly prideful. We are all sinners, and without humility, we cannot fully experience the love and mercy of Jesus. So how can we as believers learn to be humble? In today's message, Pastor Dan explains that embracing humility means acknowledging our limitations and recognizing that we depend on God for everything. When you humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Currently in Matthew chapter 18. We're also going to look at a verse in Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. So if you want to go ahead and find that so that you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Ezekiel 34. Matthew 18. Ezekiel 34. Matthew 18. Ezekiel 34. We left off at verse 1 where it says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off. And cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed 
that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Son of man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? If he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that one sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you as always, Lord, for the gospel of Matthew. We we're so grateful, Lord, to be back in one of the Gospels, looking at your life and ministry. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today. Lord, we pray and ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word this morning and speak to us. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in the parallel accounts of this in the other Gospels, we learn that Jesus and his disciples are in the city of Capernaum, and the disciples actually began disputing among themselves which one of them will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They each thought that they would be the greatest. And this was something that the apostles seemed to argue over often. Uh, In fact, on one occasion, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and asked that in the kingdom, her two sons would be seated, one on the left side of Jesus and one on the right side of Jesus. So even the apostles' moms were getting involved. And, you know, you think soccer moms are bad. You have an apostle's mom. And so they couldn't settle this argument. And so the apostles decide to ask Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's funny to me that they would ask Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Because Jesus is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, not any of those apostles. The Bible tells us in heaven, Jesus will receive all the glory, honor, and power. And so it's kind of a foolish question. To ask Jesus, I wish that Jesus would have said to the apostles, duh, me, not any of you. (laughs) Jesus doesn't rebuke the apostles for asking this question. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but we need to know what greatness is in the kingdom of heaven, or how does God define greatness in his kingdom. And I can tell you, greatness in the kingdom of heaven is the opposite of greatness in this world. In the world, the greatest is the person who achieves the highest distinction. It's the person who beats out everyone else. It's the person with the most wins or the most sales, the greatest success. That's not how greatness is defined in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus illustrates what greatness is by calling to himself and setting a child and setting this child in the midst of the apostles. And then he says in verse three, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. First of all, Jesus tells us how to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
before you can be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you have to gain entrance to the kingdom of heaven. And people have all kinds of ideas about how one gets into heaven. Some people think everyone goes to heaven as long as you're a good, decent person. You'll get in. Here, Jesus tells us what is required to gain entrance into heaven. And Jesus is the one who knows how to get into heaven. So we want to listen to what he says. You know, the most important thing in all of our lives is where we will spend eternity. You know, the Bible says that this life is a a vapor. It's very, very brief, especially compared to eternity. Even if you live for 80 or 90 years, that's nothing compared to eternity. And where you spend eternity is more important than anything else in your life. And Jesus tells us how to gain entrance into the kingdom of heaven here. He says, first of all, you must be converted. Look at verse 3. Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless you are converted, you have no chance of going to heaven. Well, what does it mean to be converted? Well, the word converted means literally to turn around. Or to change course. If you're driving on the interstate. And at some point in your trip. You realize you're going the wrong direction. What do you do? Well you turn around. You take the next exit. You cross over the overpass. And get back on the interstate. Going back the opposite direction. The right direction. You convert. That's conversion. To convert means to turn around. It means to change course. Jesus said To enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be converted. You must come to the point in your life where you realize you're on the wrong road. And you're not headed to heaven. And you need to turn around. You make a course correction in your life and you turn your life to Jesus Christ. And you start moving toward him. You must be converted. And this statement applies to everyone. No matter who you are. Because we're all on the wrong road before we come to Christ. Our lives were all heading the wrong direction. We all needed to turn around and get on the right road. We needed to be converted. The Bible says that we all sin. That there's none righteous. No, not one. Everyone has turned to his own way instead of going God's way. And so we all needed to be converted. Look at verse 3 again. And read carefully what it says. Unless you are converted, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Conversion is not an option if you want to go to heaven. It's the first step to entering the kingdom of heaven. And so have you taken that first step? Have you been converted? Was there a point in your life that you made a course correction and turned from the direction you were going and turned to Jesus Christ by faith? You must be converted and become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, little children have a very simple trust. You know, take the child in this passage. When Jesus called this child to come to him, the child immediately came to Jesus without any hesitation. Just trusting and obeying Jesus. When Jesus called him to come, the child didn't ask a bunch of questions of Jesus before he came. He didn't say, why do I have to come to you? 
He didn't say, well, what will you make me do if I come to you? The child didn't ask for more time before he came to Jesus. He didn't say, well, I'm not ready to come to you yet. Let me have a little time. Let me think about it. He didn't say to Jesus, I don't think I have to come to you. I think I'm fine right here. And I think I can just stay right here. The little child didn't make excuses as to why he couldn't come to Jesus. He didn't ignore Jesus when Jesus called him. He didn't refuse to come. No, the little child immediately responded when Jesus called him. He obeyed his voice and he came to Jesus. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And we must become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. We must come to Jesus in simple obedience. You know, little children have have no problem relying upon adults for everything they need. It doesn't bother a child at all to rely upon adults for everything. A little child doesn't even attempt to be independent. You have to train independence into a child. Little children are not ashamed of their neediness. When a little child has a need, they immediately make you aware of their need. A baby will cry when they have a need, and they will keep crying until that need is satisfied by you. They don't even try to satisfy their own need. Or a young child, a toddler, will interrupt you when they have a need. They don't care what mom or dad may be doing. They don't care uh, how important it may be. They don't care who mom or dad may be talking to. A little child will walk right up and interrupt mom and dad to express their need. Every parent has had to say to their child, I'm talking to an adult right now and you're interrupting me. You're going to have to wait. And every parent has said that to their child and has their child has looked at them like, I don't care. I have a need. And when it comes to entering the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a little child. Coming to Christ by faith and fully trusting in him, not relying upon yourself at all, not relying upon your own goodness or your own righteousness or your own morality, but fully relying upon Jesus Christ for everything. Again, verse 4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Greatness in the kingdom of heaven is achieved through humility. Humility, by humbling yourself as a little child. In the kingdom of heaven, the way up is down. The way up is down. Again, this is the opposite of the kingdom of this world. In the kingdom of this world, the way up is up. You've got to move up the ladder. 
You got to outperform other people. But in the kingdom of heaven, the way up is down. The last will be first. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. You want to be great in God's kingdom? Serve others. Serve others. In the kingdom of the world, you want to be great? Serve yourself. In the kingdom of the world, your greatness is measured by how many people serve you. How many people work for you? How many people call you sir or ma'am? Jesus also said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. But if you attempt to exalt yourself, God will humble you. In James chapter 4, verse 10, it says, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he shall lift you up. God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Verse 5 says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. How we treat the humble shows what we think of Jesus. How we treat the humble shows what we think of Jesus. Do we view the humble as weak? Do we view the humble as no, no benefit to us? The world does. That's how the world views the humble and the meek. Jesus was humble. In Philippians chapter 2, it says of Jesus that he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. And so how we treat the humble and people of no reputation shows what we think of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus was like. The Bible says that Jesus hung out with the common people. What do we think of the common people? Look at verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, look what it says, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. That's Jesus speaking. Those are some very strong words from Jesus. I like when Jesus talks like this. Jesus was a man's man. Jesus' strongest words were against those who cause a believer to sin or those who cause a believer to stumble in their faith. That's what he's talking about here. Those who cause a believer to distrust or doubt Jesus. Those who cause a believer to distrust or doubt the Bible. Jesus says, whoever causes a believer to sin or to stumble in their faith or to distrust or doubt or even turn away for him or causes one to abandon their faith or doubt the Bible, it would be better for that person if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea than facing the wrath Jesus will pour out on that person. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? You know what what enrages Jesus more than anything? Messing with the faith of someone he purchased with his own blood. Now, Jesus said this in the town of Capernaum, and millstones were actually manufactured in Capernaum from the volcanic rock that is found all over that area. 
uh, archaeologists have uncovered multitudes of millstones there in Capernaum. There were different types of millstones. There were smaller millstones that were turned by hand, and then there were larger millstones that were turned by an animal like a donkey or an ox. The type of millstone Jesus referred to here is a large millstone that was turned by an animal like a donkey or an ox that weighed a few hundred pounds. We're planning a trip to Israel next summer. Uh, If you go with us to Israel, uh, you'll have the opportunity to have a large millstone hung around your neck and we'll dump you off the side of a boat. Uh, It's better than parasailing. I mean, it really is amazing. The word of God just really comes alive to you. So real. A millstone of that size, you would sink to the bottom before you drown. What a terrifying way to die. And for the person that causes a believer to stumble in their faith, that's a better way to die than falling into the hands of Jesus. He says in verse 7, Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Offenses will come in the world. That's a fact. The world is filled with things that will entice you to turn away from Jesus. The world is filled with things that will entice you to distrust the Bible. And as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, those offenses will increase more and more and more. You know this. Just in your lifetime, we have access to enticements to sin today that didn't exist 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And it's just going to get worse and worse and more and more as time goes on. Jesus said lawlessness will abound in the last days before his return. And so woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but look what he says, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Offenses must come in the world, but woe to the individual person by whom the offense comes. Woe to the individual who introduces the offense to a believer in Jesus Christ that causes that believer to sin or causes that believer to stumble in their faith or to turn away from Christ or causes that believer to stop trusting in the Bible as true and right and from God. Woe to that person. I think of progressive pastors today and progressive churches that are teaching heresy and are leading so many people away from the truth with false teaching. I think of those who have a social media following who are deconstructing their faith on their platform and leading believers away from Christ and away from the truth of Scripture in twisting the Word of God. I think of the public school systems and teachers that are indoctrinating innocent children with lies, lies about their origin, telling them they came from apes, Instead of telling them they were created in the image of God, lying to them about their gender, confusing children about gender and sexuality and right and wrong and the value of every life in God's eyes. I think about the politicians who vote for laws that are an offense to God and the list can go on and on. You can come up with your own list and your own mind. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.